Come on, somebody. Is anybody else out of breath? Like, has anybody else experienced the emotions of panic, joy, and fear in the last five minutes? Anybody else? So, and some people with their hands raised aren't even parents. That's just like, oh, what a great morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. We are into December. Happy early Christmas. So good to see you all. I want to welcome those of you that are just with us in the lead up to Christmas. I want to let you know we're coming out of what is actually just such an important season in the life of our church. And we're just over 21 months old as a church. And so we don't really have a lot of traditions yet, but we've started one that's now become, I believe, really important to us. And it's that in the month of November, we change the focus and we shift the focus from on, on us and what God is doing in us and, and we put it on the exterior and we say, God, what do you want to do through us in our community, in our nation, in our world, right here in our house? And so we've done a Heart for the House series in November. And last week, we closed out the series with our Heart for the House miracle offering. The once a year, we sacrificially give over and above, believing that what we give is going to enable us to go beyond ourselves and be somebody else's miracle. Somebody help me out this morning with a little amen. So... I have been excited all week to report the number, and actually the number has been growing each day this week as people have, have uh, been believing for God to be able to give, and up until last night, gifts have been coming in, and so I'm excited to share with you the number in a moment, but first, I wanna let you know, we had a goal, an audacious goal, of raising $100,000 so that we could rescue kids in slavery, so that we could feed families, so that we could plant new churches, so that we could build our church. I mean, it was an audacious, audacious goal. Well, this morning, because of your faith and your generosity, I wanna celebrate. First of all, last night at 8.30, we were at a number that starts with nine. I wanna let you know that because of literally one final gift at the 11th hour we are now at a number that starts with one so i want to celebrate with you come on church the last week together we raised one hundred thousand and ninety three dollars come on let's celebrate yes come on let's turn that celebration to praise god we praise you in jesus name we're so thankful god that we get to be a part of building what you're building on the earth
We love you, God. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Come on, somebody. It's going to be a good Sunday in church. And I want to let you know that if you haven't yet, but you wanted to contribute to Heart for the House, you, you just, we don't have to stop now. <laughs> you can still designate gifts towards that, uh, uh, either on, on an envelope at the end of our service today or the online options the guys will give later. We just, I'm so, so thankful to God. I'm just so thankful. I hope, I hope that does something to your faith, right? My goodness. Like, we did not try to manipulate that number. Uh, the, only, the only thing that happened was last night when we were $207 off, I got a text message from someone who asked me if we were there, and I told them where we were, and I, they didn't even tell me that they gave. I got a text message about half an hour before the service that said that somebody that I had texted with last night said, that say that we weren't there had gone ahead and just couldn't handle not being $207. Like, we didn't try to hit the number on the dot. I mean, how much does that just build your faith that God speaks to our hearts what? Oh, honestly, I am just overwhelmed at the goodness of God. And it is, it, I, what, I, what we said last week is so true. That our gifts not only are somebody else's miracle, but I believe that your gift may just be unlocking your miracle. Come on, somebody. I'm excited to get, I'm excited to start a new series this, this morning. Uh, a four-part series called Unexpected. Now, how many know that when it comes to God moving in our lives, our desires are generally that God would move in ways that are according to our plans and our expectations. We want God to move in the way that we want God to move. But if you've been doing this faith journey for any length of time, you may have found out that God generally does his best work in the unexpected. And so although this is a Christmas series, and we are going to get to uh, the the heart of Christmas, and we're just going to get in the Christmas spirit. We're going to have all kinds of things of just celebration. we got our Christmas services. In fact, we've got these invitations today that you can go ahead and use, invite people to our three Christmas services, two on the 23rd, one on the 24th. Also, just a quick heads up, we're doing one service on the 30th. It's going to be one packed out 10 a.m. service on the 30th. So just a heads up, put that in your calendar. I'm excited about this series, All God is Going to Speak and Do. I, don't, and you don't want to miss 30th because Pastor Troy is preaching on the 30th, somebody. And, like, it's going to be good. I don't even know. Pastor Troy, there you are. There you are. I'll save that story for later. Anyways, I'm really excited about this series, God Moving in Unexpected Ways in Our, in our Hearts. God doing his best work in the unexpected. So although this is going to be a Christmas spirit series, this is far more than that. This is important for us as a church. Because, listen, if we are going to live with a growth mindset, that we are constantly going to be growing as people, that God is going to constantly be maturing us, that our church is going to continue to grow people and grow in size and grow in influence. If we're going to live with a growth mindset, how many know we have to get used to God changing us and maturing us through the unexpected? In fact, we should even start to begin to believe for and expect the unexpected. Maybe you came to church this morning and you didn't expect to cry through the worship service, but then you got into that fourth song and all of a sudden God started to speak to your heart. God came in an unexpected way. Or maybe you came to resonate and you thought, I'm just going to sit near the back and I'm going to slip out early and I don't want anyone to see me because I don't want them to know that issue that's going on in my life. But God showed up in an unexpected way with a person that walked up to you and said, hey, how are you doing for real? God will meet you in the unexpected. In fact, God's word is so full of this, we should begin to think that this is God's normal. God moving in unexpected ways. There's the, the widow named Ruth who's scrounging for food. 
And God gives her a husband and a child and writes her right into the genealogy of Jesus Christ, unexpected. There's the poor, impoverished teenager, Mary. Her and Joseph don't even have the resources or the money for the sacrificial lamb at the birth of Jesus. And yet God looks at the impoverished teenager and says, no, I found favor in you. Unexpected. There's James and John, teenage fishermen. They don't even have their end boat licenses. Like they're not even there yet. And Jesus comes along and he says, hey, fellas, you want to change the world? You want to follow me? unexpected. God's showing up and doing amazing unexpected things. But how many know God also shows up in unexpected pain? Well, I'm excited to talk about the good stuff, but, but I also want to talk about God showing up in some unexpected pain because maybe you're here this morning and you didn't see the marriage issues swelling out of control until you got to the place where now it seems too big to even handle. In fact, five years ago, you would have never thought that you could possibly feel lonely in your own home. There's unexpected pain. Maybe you're here this morning and you prayed for a miracle and the miracle didn't happen. And so now it's difficult to believe. It's difficult to continue praying because there's some unexpected disappointment. I am excited for the unexpected favor part. Let's talk about Mary next week. This morning, I want to talk about what do you do in unexpected pain? This is what the Bible says about Joseph's story in the Matthew's gospel, his narrative of the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I love this. I think Matthew is narrating the Christmas story with children in the room, right? Because like, if the kids weren't in the room, he would be like, listen, before they had sex, she got pregnant, right? But he's just like, our kid, he's doing it in the kids' room. And so he's like, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Come on, somebody. But Joseph's just thinking, sex and baby always go together, right? And so he's just, there's a problem with this story. Joseph finds himself in some unexpected pain. And a lot of scholars would, would actually tell us that they've probably not even met at this point. Joseph and Mary are in separate cities. Their parents are putting this thing together. They're not even, she can't even tell him that she saw an angel. Not likely that he's going to believe it anyways. But she can't even tell him that an angel showed up and told me what's going to happen in advance. I'm going to become pregnant. Joseph finds himself in some unexpected pain. This morning I want to talk about the place of unexpected pain. In fact, I want to preach this morning a message on this idea of gap seasons. Gap seasons. Joseph finds himself in a gap season. Here's what a gap season is. A gap season is the period in time between when all chaos breaks out in your life and when God shows up and tells you what's going on. A gap season is a period in time in your life where God is actually moving and doing something and maturing you, but you right now don't know what's going on. How many have ever been in or maybe you are in a gap season? Come on, let me see. Just nod your heads. Yeah, yeah, come on. Maybe you're in it right now. Maybe, maybe you lost a job and you had that three-month period where it was like, oh, hell is breaking loose in your life. There's just no way God is with me. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, God, all through those three months, you were leading me towards something better. I know in my own life, when I, physical pain caused me to walk away from a business career, and I've told that story many times, I tell it next steps, but when it caused me to walk, I remember the day I walked out of the office. I did not see a vision of Heart for the House offering as I was walking out the door of that office. No, there was unexpected pain in my life. What do we do with unexpected pain? I want to talk this morning about three ways 
We can mis make mistakes in a gap season. Three ways we can get stuck in or not come out of a gap season. Are you with me this morning? I think it's going to be helpful for some of us this morning. How can we walk out of a gap season? What are three mistakes that we don't want to make? As Like Joseph, we find ourselves in that place where there's a gap between the chaos and understanding what God's doing. Here's the first thing, and it's really simple. First reason we cannot make it out of a gap season is just that we simply just give up too quickly. Give up too quickly in the gap. Recently, Rachel and I and the girls, we went away uh, for one night, and we stayed at a hotel, and we put on the TV for a little show for the girls. And all of a sudden, a commercial came on the TV. And Avia was like, Daddy, turn it back to my show. And I said, I didn't turn it off your show. She's like, well, why are there all of a sudden adults on the screen? And I'm having to explain to my Netflix-raised daughter what a commercial is. I'm like, girl, if you had to go through the pain of my youth, you wouldn't even survive. You don't know what I went through. And so now I'm trying to explain to her revenues from TV commercials is the way that they're driving the production of this show. How many know it's sort of like this in our lives? Because God has something that he's leading you through to get somewhere. He has something that's actually generating some purpose in your life. But how many know we find ourselves in a gap season, we start channel surfing for a new vision? The enemy of growth in your life is giving up in your gap season. We live in a culture that's driven by instant gratification, and we serve a God who grows us in the waiting. If we're ever going to get to spiritual and emotional maturity, it is going to take a heart to say, I'm not going to give up in the gap. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, King David has been anointed king, and then the people have come, and they have made him their king. So God anointed him in advance. No one knew about it. But then the people come and they affirm him. Israel affirms him as their king. The problem is, the capital, Jerusalem, is inhabited by the enemy. And so David, in order to take hold of the thing that God has actually promised to him, said is going to be yours. In fact, the people are leading him and calling him into. In order to take hold of that thing, watch what, watch what he has to do. 2 Samuel 5 verse 8 says, David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites... Let him get up the, wa the water shaft to attack. Now, if it had said you need to go down the water shaft to attack, then that's like fresh water running into a city. That's a good thing, right? If you want to go down the water shaft, fresh water, it's like, you know, it's mountain, glacier. This is the Kirkland water like I got on stage here this morning. You know, it's the good stuff, right? The Kirkland stuff. And so, why are you laughing? So, um, <laughs> tastes like sand, but it's all good. Um, we'll tape the second service. I don't want to get sued by Costco. So anyways, if it's coming down, it's the fresh water going into a city. But how many know this stuff running out of a city is not good stuff? It's the sewage. It's the waste. The pipes running from a, a, a city are not full of the good stuff. And what the Bible is telling us here is that David, in order to take hold of the thing that God had already called him to and that he was already being anointed and pressed into, how many know that he had to crawl up with his men through some crap to get there? The enemy of growth is giving up in the gap. And some of us, we hit that gap season, we stop praying, we stop believing, we stop serving, we stop persevering, and we just give up too soon in the gap. I believe this morning that maybe you would find yourself in a gap season. In fact, maybe what you needed today was God to identify that it is a gap and it's not permanent. 
Maybe you've just been going through something and you think this is perpetually always going to be the way it's going to be. I'm always going to have to live like this. My relationship is always going to look like this. The, the, the way I feel about myself is always going to look like this. And, and what, has, what God meant to be a temporary gap season to actually lead you into maturity has become permanent because of the way it's just been written on your heart. God's saying, don't give up in your gap. In fact, identify. It's a gap season. I want to bring you through it. Come on, somebody. That's the first reason we can not get out of a gap season. Here's the second one. Second reason we can get stuck in a gap season or not get out of a gap season is this. We just get jealous of somebody else's miracle. We get jealous at the pace at which God brings somebody else through their gap. One of the things that amazes me the most about the Christmas story is that God shows up through an angel to tell Mary in advance that she's going to have a baby without having sex as a virgin. She gets the advance notice. But over here, the guy who clearly would have the hardest time understanding this situation, the guy does not get the same angel notice. Mary gets the notice in advance. Joseph, however, does not get the advance notice. God is going to show up at a point in time and tell him what's going on. It's just going to be after he has to walk through the gap season. Joseph has to watch, as, as, watch this, Mary gets the miracle before Joseph does. Same God, same story, same plan, different time to the miracle. You ever had your friend get their miracle before you? It's one of the biggest challenges in our faith journey. You gave to the heart for the house offering, and you heard that story about the couple that wrote their check, and then 10 minutes later, they got the email that four times that amount had come into their bank account from somewhere they couldn't even imagine from a prior business. And you wrote down the check, and you went to your computer, and you started hitting refresh, 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 and it never came. And you're like, same God, same, why is, why is my miracle taking longer than their miracle? All of a sudden, you got discouraged. Why didn't God do it in the same way he did it for them? You don't understand. God is wanting to mature you in the middle. Don't give up on your miracle just because somebody else got it in a different timing. In fact, God, what God is wanting to do in the middle, what God is wanting to do in the gap is mature you and to grow you. He's got a different pace for you because he's doing something in you. Don't give up in the middle. Don't quit in the dip. Come on. Don't get jealous of the pace at which somebody else is getting their miracle from God. Mary gets advanced word. Joseph has to wait. Eventually, however, he does get the word from God. That's, that's the first reason that, that we can not make it out of a, a gap season is just that we, we give up and we quit too soon. And the second reason we can get stuck in the middle or stuck in a gap season is, is we just get jealous of the pace that somebody else is getting through. And we stop believing for our miracle in God's time, in his way, for your life. Well, here's the third thing. Third reason we can get stuck in the middle, not get out of a gap season, and, and it's this, is that we can simply choose to numb out rather than address the issue that's behind the unexpected pain. We easily just choose to numb the thing that's causing the pain rather than pressing into and working through the thing that's causing the pain. I know when Rach and I experienced very unexpected pain in our marriage a number of years ago, and I've told the story again many times. But I want to highlight one aspect of the story. When we went through unexpected pain, and you're thinking, Pastor, your pain wasn't that bad. It was. It was. 
when we went through unexpected pain in our marriage, I did in the early season choose to try and numb out the pain that I was feeling. In fact, this is how it would work for me. At you know, 9 a.m., I'd start dreaming about 9 p.m. when everyone else would go to bed and I could just watch Netflix. That was it for me. I just, I'd never really watched TV. We didn't have an, even have a TV in the early part of our marriage. But all of a sudden, in this season, that became the way that I, would, I, was, I was excited to watch cooking shows at like 10 a.m. I was like, I can't wait. I, you know, I just, this is where my mind was all the time. I can't wait. The thing that I think that I need is to numb out. And we all numb out in different ways. And you know what the thing is. It can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. It just, it's, it's different for all of us. We don't even need to go there this morning. What we need to understand is what we might be doing is choosing to numb out rather than address the thing that's causing the underlying pain. And for Rachel and I, it was going to take showing up in the relationship in new ways. It was going to take going on dates and looking at the happy couple sitting across the room. Well, it was basically like we had just taken the fight on a road show. You know, it was like it was going to take for us going to counseling and pressing in and figuring out how to risk it in the relationship in new ways, how to show up for one another in a different way than we had in the past. And I, and I just want to share that story this morning because maybe you're here and there's maybe just one or two people and your relationship is going through it right now. And God, you didn't just show up today. God brought you here today. God pulled you here today so you could just hear me say, come on, don't quit in your dip. Come on, don't give up in the down season. Don't, don't miss the fact that this is a messy middle that God wants to bring you out of and mature you in and lead you in. I would not wish our difficult season on anybody, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade our connection for anything. I wouldn't trade the maturity that God has brought in us emotionally and spiritually and in our relationship for anything. I wouldn't wish the pain, unexpected pain on anybody, but I would not train what we've had to walk through for anything. Come on, don't numb out the pain. Press into that thing. What's there? What needs to be risked? What needs to be gone after? What needs to be identified? Who do you need to talk to? What phone call do you need to make? What, what, who do you need some counsel from? Come on, don't quit in your dip. Don't get jealous of somebody else's miracle. And, and definitely, come on, church, let's not be a church that numbs out in the pain. Come on, we say this all the time. We are a church that wants to show up in the party in the pain. Come on, we just like... We, this morning, when we were doing our little band, we did a band little thing, and we just, we just got dancing on the stage. Like, we were just like, because we just want to do the party really well. But we also understand, listen, you came to church today just going through it. Let's be really good at doing both. What did Joseph do in his gap season? The Bible doesn't clearly lay it out for us. There's not a lot of text between Joseph finding out via text message from his buddy, your, uh, your fiancé is showing, you know. There's not a lot of text between him getting that text message and, and, the, and then when God shows up with the, the answer to his story. But we can infer some things from Scripture that Joseph did. First of all, we know that according to Old Testament laws, Joseph could have had Mary stoned. If Joseph had stuck to the letter of the law, if Joseph had just been law-driven and, and just been black and white about it, no, we understood he must have wrestled with finding the heart of God. He must have taken this thing before the Lord and said, hey, I know what the law says, but God, what do you, what, how do you, what do you want me to do in this situation? I need your heart in this moment, God. And we can tell he must have wrestled with it because he did his best version of grace, which was, I'm going to divorce her quietly. I'm not going to expose her to public shame. I'm going to divorce her quietly. And it's at that point when he decides to do this that he gets his miracle. 
Angels already showed up to Mary, but in verse 20 of Matthew 1, it says, As Joseph considered these things, divorcing quietly, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph gets to come out of his gap season. And notice what God says to him as he comes out of the gap season. Joseph... Son of David. Joseph, son of David. Why does this matter? Joseph, son of David. Joseph, son of David is a bit of an interesting greeting from the angel in this dream. Why? Because Joseph has a dad named Jacob. (laughs) So why are you showing up and calling me Joseph, son of David? David the king. David that lived a thousand years before I did. You know what I think God is doing is he's showing up and saying, Joseph, son of David. He's saying, listen, Joseph, I know that you've just had to walk through a gap where you didn't think I was with you. But I want you to know, Joseph, that while you were walking through the gap, you were the son of a king. Come on, David. Well, you were in the midst of your gap and you thought that I wasn't with you. There was royalty in your blood. Come on, David. Well, you thought that it was over for you and you were no way going to be able to influence like you thought you would. My calling was still on your life. I still had a plan for you that went back a thousand years. Come on, somebody. God speaks to him and he says, well, you were, well, you were trapped in your insecurity, Joseph. I want to show up and I want to speak to your identity. Joseph, son, David. You're, in, you're coming out of a gap season. I want to let you know that what seemed like me not being with you was me being with you a thousand years before you even showed up. Of course, then we get to the good stuff. It's right then that the angel says, because Mary's going to bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill. His gap season was fulfilling something. All of it took place to fulfill what the Lord already had in mind and had spoken through a prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want to say that last part one more time. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, would you say this with me? God with us. God, I thank you that in the midst of our pain, you are with us. God, I thank you that right now in this moment, as we are walking through what seems like the messy middle, and God, somebody might be here and they even already have quit. And I pray, God, that just by your word today, you would have let them know and have reminded them that this is just a middle season and you're not done with them yet that you would speak to their identity, that before they were even born, they they might not be a son of David, but they are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. And God, you have a plan for their life and they have a destiny. Church, would you stand with me all over the room? We're gonna go back into a time of worship together. And and I pray that maybe just with the opening of your hearts and your arms before God, if you feel comfortable, would you just stretch your hands out to God? And just open your heart that in these moments together as we worship, God will speak to our hearts. Lord, we love you. Jesus, speak to our hearts as we worship. I cast my mind to Calvary Where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds, his hands, his feet my Savior on that cursed tree. 
devout and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance by heavy storm the silence Come on, we sing this. Oh, praise. Oh, praise
keep your heads bowed for a moment as we as we pray together. Maybe you're in the room this morning, and maybe you're even just a guest at Christmas, but but you came into this place, and you know that before you leave here, you you want to know that you have a relationship with God. You want to know that God actually is with you. That at Christmas he sent his son to rescue and redeem us from our sins and restore us to right relationship with God. The Bible calls it the gift of salvation. Forgiven, free, set free to eternal life in Jesus Christ. You're here this morning and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but God's been speaking to your heart all this morning to say, come on, I'm drawing you to myself. Today, you want to make that decision to say, I want to know God is with me either to make a first-time decision to say, I'm going to surrender my life wholeheartedly to God through Jesus Christ, or I'm going to recommit my life because I know that I'm not where I should be with God. And I don't just mean like you've had a tough week. I mean, you know you're far from God today. If that's you in the room and you say, yeah, pastor, I want to pray a prayer. We won't center you out in any way or embarrass you. In fact, this is just a private moment between you and God. I just want to give you a moment to, to, in a moment, raise your hand and say, I'm going to make that decision today. And then we're all going to pray together simple prayer of faith and surrendering our lives to God. But if that's you today, if that's your decision to surrender your life wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ, would you just raise your hand on the count of three in just a moment to say, yeah, today's my day of decision. God, we give you our lives and our full surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand up. Hold it up. No one's looking around. It's just between you and God in this place this morning. God's just been drawing you all this morning. You'd say, yeah, today's, today's my day of decision. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyone else today, you'd say, yeah, it's my decision today. Thank you, Jesus. Well, church, let's pray. We'll pray with those who, who've raised their hands today. Would you just repeat this with me? And if you raise your hand, come on, say this from your heart. Say, Jesus, I give you my life today, and I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me. Dying on the cross, I receive your forgiveness. I choose to follow you. Lead me, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, can we put our hands together for those who prayed that prayer today? Come on, like you really mean it. Like the best decision.